Take your Bible and turn with me to the Gospel of John. We're going to be in John chapter 8 uh, this, this morning. Kind of this new sermon series. It's kind of a continuation of what we've been doing, but it's the devil is a liar. Can I get an amen? The devil is a liar. Now, this is the key thought. I hope you've got your bulletin. Take it out and take some notes. Make that a New Year's resolution. Brother Marcus, I'm going to take notes this year. Write this down. First thing I want you to understand is this. When we believe a lie, it might as well be true. Now, I've heard it said several different ways, but if you believe a lie, it might as well be true in your life. For example, for example if you were to leave here this morning and I was to tell you, and you would believe me because I have an honest face. Okay? Why are you laughing? And so, and I would tell you, hey, if you do 50 miles an hour, your car is going to explode. Right? And if you believed it, would you go 50 miles an hour? No, even if it was a lie. Listen, when we, and I know <laughs> none of your cars are rigged like that. I've driven behind some of you, okay? I watched those taillights disappear. But listen, uh, but if you believed it and you stayed under 50 or 55 miles an hour, what difference does it make if it's true or not, right? When we believe a lie, it might as well be true. Maybe when you were younger as a child, somebody told you that you couldn't do anything, right? They told me I couldn't play in the NBA. Well, that was true. Okay, but maybe, maybe they told you something and maybe it really wasn't true. Like you'll never be able to do this. You'll never amount to anything. You'll never do whatever. Uh, I remember I had a, a, a person in administration. I went to Southside at Southside, and they were like, boy, what are you going to do with your life? And I'm like, mm-hmm. And um, what, what are your plans after graduation? I'm like, well, I'm going in the Marines. And they said, Marines? He said, well, you think you can, you, can make, you can do that? And I was like, yeah, I can do it. I'm a fourth-generation Marine is what I'm going to be. And so you think you can make it through Paris Island? And I was like, yeah. And then I got to Paris Island, and I didn't want to. I didn't want to, but the drill instructor made me, okay? That's how I made it through. But listen, maybe there's some lie that you've been leaving. And maybe it's a lie in your life, but you're living like it's true. And it doesn't matter that it's a lie. It might as well be true. What I want to talk about this morning is a lie uh, that the devil has sold us, a false bill of goods that he wants to rob us of our identity in Christ. I mean, what is the devil's greatest weapon? Lies. And look at this verse in John chapter 8 and verse number 44. John 8, verse 44, it says, referring to the devil, and Jesus said this. I love it when Jesus just gets savage on the devil in the Bible. He said, when he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. Listen, once you say that verse with me, it just feels good to call the devil a liar. Say it with me on the count of three. One, two, three. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. He is the father of lies. And we're going to look at one of the most common lies that we tell ourselves that comes from the devil. It's the fact that we have to be strong enough, good enough, right? That we have to hold everything together. The lie that if it's meant to be, it's up to me. It's a lie that we got to work harder. We got to perform. We got to produce. Now, some people do need to work harder. Some people do need to perform better. Some people do need to step up to the plate and produce. That's called being lazy. I'm not preaching about that this morning. 
But so many of us, we find our self-worth in being strong enough, good enough, whatever, been able to produce. And Jesus said this in John 8, verse 32. He says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Free. Say that verse. It it feels good to say what Jesus said anytime. Say this verse with me in the count of three. One, two, three. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. All right? And if you're free, you'll be free what? Indeed. Indeed. Y'all could come up here and preach this morning. Listen, we often, the lie we tell ourselves, here's what I've got in my notes. I've got this. I got it. It's under control. That's what I tell you on the outside. I've got this. It's under control. I'm good enough, smart enough, bad enough of a man. I've got this. And it's not necessarily true. We feel like we've always got to be strong. And these aren't in your notes, but they're on the slides. Look at this next slide. We feel like emotionally we got to be strong. Maybe that's you this morning. You got to be emotionally strong for everybody in your family. You're like your your wife, your husband is just emotionally weak right now. And you feel like you're carrying the whole load for everybody. Many times parents will be emotionally strong for their children. Mama and daddy ain't getting along right now. And so the kids are out of the room and you're like, and the kids walk in. Pass the salt, please. Why? Because you don't, want, you don't want that to be rubbed off on your children. You want to be emotionally strong for your kids. And maybe sometimes we don't feel all that strong emotionally. We, don't, we, we feel afraid and we're actually very vulnerable. But nope, uh-uh. Nobody's ever going to know. Why? Because I've got this. I can handle this. It's a lie of the devil. The truth is you're barely hanging on. The next area, write this down. I use this word provision. You don't have to write this. You can write it down. Don't. It's okay. Provision. Provision. Um, The pressure to be good enough to provide for everybody in every way. Somebody's got to run the house. If I don't do it, it's not going to get done. Somebody's got to put food on the table. Somebody's got to keep these little babies, little bottoms clean. I got to do it. I got to balance a checkbook. I got to take care of everything. I got to provide. Maybe those of you with small children, you sit around and you have a lunch and you realize it takes a whole loaf of bread to feed all these children. And and that's nothing to you now, but you're looking around the table and you're thinking, well, what about when they're teenagers? I'll let you know, they eat the loaf by themselves. (laughs) One teenager, one loaf. That's the way it works. Right? You think about what about about braces? They're going to want a car someday. They're going to want to go to college. Should have known we shouldn't have taught them to read. (laughs) We've got to provide, man. i got to make sure everything's going to be okay for the future. It's on me. Another category, write this down. down. Spiritually. Spiritually. In other words, maybe you're the only believer in your family, like for real. Like you're the only Christian in your family, and you're like, i gotta, I got to pray, i got to be right, i got to do right. I'm carrying this whole family, spiritually speaking. Maybe you've got somebody that you care about, and they're not Christ followers. And you think to yourself, i got to be a good witness. i got to say the right thing. i got to talk the right way. i got to pray the right prayers, or they'll never get saved. And they're going to spend eternity in hell because I cussed during that football game. I don't do that. But we think we've got to be perfect in every way. Spiritually, I'm so strong, I'm carrying the weight for everybody else. Maybe on your job, you're the only real Christian at your job, and you know everybody's just looking at you, waiting for you to mess up. Oh, she says she goes down to her Grace Baptist Church with that bald-headed preacher. Right? Just waiting for you to say the wrong thing, to look the wrong way, to have a bad attitude. 
so they can go, see, I knew this Jesus thing. There was nothing to it. Another category that you feel like you got to be strong in, it kind of ties in with that, is professionally. Professionally. Some of you have got jobs that you hate because you work with crazy people. There are crazy people out there. Can I get an amen? amen. Yeah, you might be sitting with one. Watch it. And you go to work every day and you just got this big, don't look at your mother-in-law. You've got this big weight on your shoulder. The good news is, though, is while Satan wants you to believe that everything, spiritually, emotionally, provisionally, if it's meant to be, it's up to me, and all that weight is on you, the good news is that Satan is a liar. And Jesus wants to reveal his truth in your life. And that truth will set you free indeed. Now, I don't know why it is. Now, us guys, we don't really put a much, much value in emotions, do we, guys? Listen, I mean, we, you're not going to catch guys being emotionally vulnerable. Okay, I've never come, amen. Shoot an email, counseling's available. Listen, listen, listen. No, it's not, actually, no, it's not. Listen, guys, we don't sit around, I don't know, me and Dennis, I don't know how many times we just sat around and talked about our feelings. I said, Dennis, I just feel so just, you know, emotionally drying, Dennis. And Dennis is like, Dennis is like, shut up, deliver the milk, gotta go. <laughs> Guys, don't talk like that. I mean, we don't really do that. Guys, we put a lot of value in being physically strong, though, don't we? Right? Physical strength. Even if you're a physical wimp, you enjoy watching physically strong people hit each other, don't you? It's just fun watching a grown man hit another man, tackle another man. We put a lot of weight into being physically strong, and we feel like we got to be strong enough, good enough. I, it's even happened to me. Now, you may not know this. I enjoy lifting weights, right? I, I like to lift weight. I like to lift heavy, and, uh, but I also love cake. There's a conflict going on in my heart. Y'all pray for me, right? I'm like, well, more cake I eat, more I can lift. Come on. It's got eggs in it. And so uh, uh, the gym that we go to, it's got this uh, walking uh, path around the top of it, right? You walk around, and at least you would go, and I'd be down there lifting weights, and then I know that uh, Mama's about to come by, about to do her loop, about to do her loop through, and she'll look down at me, and she's like, hey, doing her little walk, and I'll look at her, and I'll be like, hey, and, um, and so I know, well, she's about to come through, and I'm about to lift all these, well, I gotta, I could put a couple more plates on here, whoops, whoops. I'm going to show mama how strong I feel. I'm going to show her how strong I am, right? And then here comes mama, and I'm like, here we go. She's going to be so impressed. And I'm like, and, I'm like, and Marcus, little Marcus be with me. I'm like, get it, get it, get it, get it. Did your mama see? Okay, good. Woo. Right, blood vessels popping out of my head. About to die trying to impress mom. You know, that's what, okay, let me just, it has nothing to do with this message. It'll help you understand men so much. Ladies, are you listening? Say amen. amen. I'm about to give you something right now. You know what little boys say to their mamas? Feel my muscles. Mama, feel my muscles, feel my muscles, feel my muscles. Do you know what grown men in their fifties that are married to the love of their life say? Feel my muscles, feel my muscles. Now it may not be literal muscles, but they're trying to impress you with how good they hunt, with how hard they work, with how much money they make, how tough they are, how they told the preacher off. Don't believe it. <laughs> Boys, all the way through life, feel my muscles, feel my muscles, feel my muscles. So here I am at the gym, vein popping out of my head. Ah! At least trying to impress my wife, and she's sure impressed when we get to the house. And I'm like, can you help me out of the truck? <laughs> I can't 
My shoulder hurts, my back hurts, my leg hurts, my feet. Why do my feet hurt? It's not like I was doing foot weight lifting. Everything hurts. Listen, the bottom line is, the truth is this. Write this down. Our strength is finite, limited. We're not as strong as we think we are. We're not as strong as we think we are. Your strength is limited. And many of you, if you're being honest, that's where you're at right now. In your life, you'd say, you know, Brother Marcus, there's more than I can handle. I've got too much. I don't know how I'm going to get it all done. I don't know how I've been getting it all done. I am just past my point of no return. Maybe your fuse is really short and you find yourself sniping and, and yelling at people that you love. That's a good sign that you're trying to be stronger in some area than you really are. When we get angry, you ever notice we get angry with the people we care about? We, we snap at the people we care about because we know they'll forgive us. Rarely do we actually get onto the people that need to be, <laughs> need to be gotten onto. Your strength is limited. You feel pressure. You feel guilt. Right? If I only worked harder, if I could only do better, if I was only a better parent, if I was only a better spouse, if I was only a better provider, if I was only a better Christian, then I would have everything figured out. And you think there's so much going on, you're like, I just can't do it. I don't have the ability to get it all done. And that's awesome because that's where you need to be. You weren't created by God to have the ability to do everything and to be everything for everybody in the world. You can't do it. Your strength is limited. Write this down. God's strength is infinite. God's strength is infinite, limitless, immeasurable. And that's why God doesn't want us to depend upon our limited abilities when he has uh, unlimited spiritual power that he'll give us. Let me explain it like this. The Ross family, uh, they come into the 8 a.m. service, okay? And the Ross family, uh, Chase... Uh, a couple weeks ago, got his truck stuck in the mud. He was out in the field. I think he was trying to impress a girl, okay? And he got his truck stuck in the mud. Anybody ever get a truck stuck in the mud? Raise your hand. Now, if you haven't, it's because you're just not trying hard enough, right? And so he, he got his truck stuck. And first thing he did, like any good Tennessee boy, got his truck stuck in the mud. What did he do? He called his daddy. <laughs> daddy got my truck stuck in the mud. So dad came out there with his truck and went to try to pull him out. Dad, being a little bit older and wiser than his son, realized, I'm about to get my truck stuck. So he quit. <laughs> and they went and got the tractor, right? And eventually, with the tractor, they pulled Chase's truck out of the mud. Chase, need, Chase needed something that was stronger than his truck. Listen, you need in this life something that is stronger than you. You're walking through this world. You're stuck in the mud and the muck and the mire of trying to live the lie of I've got this. Everything is under control and your life is stuck and you need something stronger than yourself. Just like Chase called his daddy, you need to call your heavenly father and recognize you don't have everything that it takes. You don't have everything that it takes. We have limited human strength, but there's unlimited strength from God. Isaiah 40 verse 30, look at it. It says, even the youth's shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. Now that word uh, youth, it, it doesn't mean like kids, like in youth group, okay? What that word means is, in the Greek, it's referring to like Olympic athletes. All right, Olympians is what that's saying. It's saying the best of the best, the fastest of the fast, the strongest of the strong are going to get tired. They don't have enough. The best of the best of the best have limited strength. Look at verse 31. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. 
They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. It says they're going to basically they're going to soar like eagles. Eagles are awesome. I mentioned this in the first service. As the, aren't eagles cool? Anybody? I just think eagles, eagles are awesome. And when you watch them fly, does it ever look like they're trying? And they're booking. But most Christians aren't like an eagle. What most Christians are like, they're like hummingbirds. You ever watch a hummingbird? Even when they're standing still, man, they're, they're just wings. They're just fly. And that's some of you. Even though on the outside, I've got this. I can handle this. I've got what I need. I'm smart enough. I'm good enough. I'm strong enough. Feel my muscles. Feel my muscles. Feel my muscles. On the inside, you're going, ah, I can't do it. I can't keep this up. How long can I do this? Because you're doing it in your own strength, and you don't have what it takes. What does an eagle do? It soars. But a, a hummingbird, just a million miles an hour, even when it's not going anywhere. You have all this effort, all this frustration. And so here's the lie that you've got this. You've got to be strong. You've got to try harder. You've got to be better. You've got to be more. More. More, whatever it is. And if you could just be more, then you could be happy. Then you could get everything done that you think you need to get done. The lie is, I've got this. It's up to me. Here's the truth. Write this now. I am weak and God is strong. You might have heard that in a song. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. Why? They are weak, but he is strong. I'm weak, but God is strong. How do we come to Christ with childlike faith? Right? How do we live the Christian life with childlike faith? When I am weak, he is strong strong. The apostle Paul learned this. We talked about this briefly Wednesday night. The apostle Paul had a thorn in the flesh, thorn in his side, and he begged God, take it away. He begged God, take it away. Begged God, take it away. Finally, God got sick of hearing from Paul and God answered his prayer and said, Paul, it's not going to happen. I'm going to leave it there. Look at second Corinthians 12 verse nine. I, I mean, I don't know if God got sick of hearing his prayer. That's the Marcus Kelly version. Look at verse nine. It says, and he said to me, Paul saying, God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and in reproaches and needs and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. He says, I take pleasure and infirmities. Look at this next slide. The Greek word there, udikeo, uh, it means to be pleased with, to embrace, to enjoy, to prefer. Paul is saying, I prefer to be weak. I prefer distress. I prefer discomfort if that means that God is going to be glorified. If that means that God's strength is going to show through my life. He's saying, I would rather have this, uh, this thorn in the flesh, this thorn in my side, if it means that God's strength is going to show up in my life. And so the, look at this next slide. This is the question for you this morning. What weakness do you need to embrace? Where in your life are you trying to do it without God? That's your weakness. Where in your life are you trying to push God aside and you're straining and you're pushing and you're going and you're doing it all on your own? What weakness do you need to bring to God and repent and say, God, I need your help. I need your strength. 
have to embrace the weakness. Maybe I can't get it all done. Maybe you struggle with your schedule. You're consumed with guilt. I need to be a better dad. I need to be a better husband. I should do more at church. I should do more at work. I should be home more. Maybe you buy in that lie that I've got to be better. I've got to be stronger. I've got to be really good. If I really care, if I just cared more, if I was a better pastor, if I was a better fill in the blank, then I would have it all together. On the outside, everybody's saying, I've got this. I got this. But on the inside, it's not true. You know that you don't. You need to embrace the weakness that God has in your life so that he'll get the glory. You have to embrace the weakness that God has in your life so that his strength will show through. You're not even called to get everything done. But when I'm absolutely weak, God honestly does more through my life than any other time. You don't have the strength to pull off what you're trying to pull off. And you know it. Some of you, you're trying to hold your marriage together. You can't. God can't. Some of you, you're trying to correct wayward children. You can't change your heart, but God can. You're not created to do this on your own. You've got to be weak. Look at this again, 2 Corinthians 12, 9. Say this verse with me. Count of three. One, two, three. My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Right? God's saying my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Now, here's what we're going to do, guys. You see it there in your notes. We're going to go to Greek class, okay? We're all going to be theologians before we leave here. I want you to see this verse like you've never seen it before. Uh, look at this first word, charis, charis, right? That's the word there that you see translated as my grace. God says my charis. Uh, it means favor, grace, kindness, goodwill, gracious deed, or gift. Write that down, gift. God says my gift. The next word, write this down. Archaeo, archaeo, it means enough to assist, suffice, content, enough, satisfied, sufficient. Archaeo, my charis is archaeo for you. Now the next word, write this down. It's the word dunamis, dunamis. It means, it's where we get the word dynamite from, dynamite. It's where the word, who remembers that show? Just raise your hand if you got that reference. I'm just trying to see who's over, you know, the hill. Okay. All right. And so, but it means power. It's a demonstration of power, a divine supernatural ability, dunamis, right? So my charis uh, is archaeo uh, for you so that my dunamis, my power. Now, write this next word down. Teleo, teleo. It means complete, fulfill, accomplish. It's where we get the word teletubbies from. That was for everybody that didn't get the dynamite reference, okay? I'm kidding. It's not where we get the word teletubbies from. But it is the word. It's the root of the word. Have you ever heard this word? Uh, Tetelesta. Tetelesta. When Jesus was on the cross, he cried out, Tetelesta. It is finished. It is finished. That's where this word comes from. It's the root of that word. And it means to complete, to fulfill, to accomplish. So he's saying, my charis is our kale for you so that my power, my dunamis is teleo. Last word, write this down. Astenea. Astenea. It means sickness, weakness, brokenness. 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 My charis is archaeo, for my dunamis is teleo and asthenia. A very literal, look at this next slide. Here's my literal translation of it. This is the Marcus Kelly revised version. God's gift is enough for me And his power is made complete 
in my brokenness. And that's what that's saying. He's saying that God has given you enough, everything that you need, that even in your weakness and in your brokenness, that's when his power shows up and shows off. God's divine influence is exactly what you need to meet your every need and his explosive, incredible, miracle-working power is made perfect when you're humble enough to be broken before him. Your spiritual enemy would love for you not to believe that, to believe that you just got to be stronger, you just got to be better, you just got to figure this thing out, but you can't, I can't. You have to be weak, I have to be weak. We are weak. Jesus said this, look at this next slide, John 15 verse 5. Jesus said, for without me, you can do what? Nothing. But yet we're going out there living every single day in our own strength and our own power. You know what? A Monday without Jesus stinks. A Monday without, with Jesus stinks less. It just it makes all the difference in the world. But even as a believer, you're trying to power through on your own strength, your own resources, without ever depending upon God, who just wants to show up and show out in your life a demonstration of his incredible power. You're not self-sufficient. You never have been. You were never created to be. Look at this verse in Zechariah. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. God says, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. You were not created to carry the weight of the world by yourself. Whether or not your kids get in college isn't going to be changed by how much you worry about it. All right? whether, whether or not at the end of the month there's too much month left and not enough money, it's not going to change by you worrying about it. You're not created to handle life alone. You need to be desperate for God and ready to make His strength, His power, exactly what you need in this moment right now. And that strength and that power, it's only available when we humble ourselves and we're willing to be broken before God and humble and weak because we don't have it. This lie, I've got this. It's one of the biggest lies the devil has ever convinced us to believe. Let's pray. Father God, we just ask that in the, just here in these next few moments, Lord, that we would be so weak, so broken, that we could experience your strength, your presence, and power like never before. God, that we who are your children, that we would prefer, prefer our weakness so that we can have your power working and moving in our lives. Listen, every head bowed, every eye closed. We're going to pray. Just no one looking around. Assume a posture of prayer. And unless it's an absolute emergency, please, no, no walking around during the invitation. But listen, you know, especially for all the believers that are here this morning, there are many of you, you're facing too much. You know it, and God knows it. You're carrying too much. Too much. You're carrying stuff that God never even intended for you to carry. And now you're trying to carry it on your own strength and on your own power. If you're at a place where you feel like you can't get it done, that means that you're ready for the strength and power of God to kick in in your life. Others of you, maybe you're like me and you've believed a lie before. Right? You've told yourself, I just got to get better. I got to be stronger. 
I've got to, I got to make it happen. If I don't make it happen, it's not going to happen. I've got to be good enough so that good things can happen. It's a lie. You weren't created by God to do anything without him. Anything. Anything. It's time to believe the truth of God's word with a childlike faith and just acknowledge to God, Lord, when I'm weak, you're strong. Those of you this morning, you'd say, you know what, Marcus? I want you to pray for me. I've got too much. I've got more than I can handle. I'm carrying a load. Or maybe your prayer this morning is, you, know, you just want to pray to God and say, Lord, I can't handle everything. I need your help, Jesus. I've been telling everybody I've got this, but I know that it's not true. Or maybe you just need to, as a believer, just come to Christ in prayer and acknowledge his strength in your weakness and ask him to help you, to lean into him at all times. Is that your prayer this morning? Slip your hand up for just a second. I want to pray for all of us all over the sanctuary. All over. Let's pray. Father God, I just pray right now that you would teach us to not be so full of pride, to be weak and vulnerable in front of you. God, that we wouldn't depend upon ourselves and our strength, not place our hope in our strength, not place our trust in our strength, but only hoping in you, the Savior of our souls. Lord, I just pray that you'd be miraculous in our lives. But Lord, allow us to be broken before you. God, for those who are facing things they cannot handle right now, Lord, I just, we just surrender those things to you. For those of us who are caught up in a performance mentality, God, that we recognize that we can do nothing apart from Christ. Lord, we want your strength to be absolute perfect in our lives. Listen, every head bowed, every eye closed. As you keep praying for just a moment, some of you probably wrongly believe something about God, and you've been caught in that performance trap when it comes to your relationship with Christ. Maybe right now you don't truly know that you're saved. You don't know. Oh, on the outside, I've got this. Right? But you believe the lie that, hey, maybe if I'm good enough, if I'm just better than most people, then God will be okay with me. Maybe some good things will happen, and then I'll get to go to heaven. The bad news is that Scripture tells us the opposite is true. The Bible shows, shows us clearly that our very best is not enough. That our very best is awful. We're sinners, and we're sinful. Look up for just a second. And it's for that very reason that Christ came and lived the perfect life that we couldn't live. See, so many believers are trying to do it in their own strength and power. You couldn't save yourself. And why do you think you can live the saved life on your own? You can't. But some of you, you've never received Christ. Because to receive Christ, you've got to humble yourself and admit that you need to be saved. Look at this verse, John 3, 16. You know it. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's why Jesus came. Scripture is clear. Ephesians 2, verse number 8 says this, By grace you have been saved. By charis, you learned Greek today. For by charis you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. And what, what does that mean? It means you cannot work to save yourself. It's only by faith. You'll never be good enough. You'll never measure up. You're never going to be perfect. You, you've broken that promise to yourself so many times. It's only through the goodness of God, through Christ, that we can be saved. 
and all we have to do is trust him. Look at this next verse. John chapter 1, verse 12 says, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, to those who believe in his name. What do I got to do to be saved? You receive him. Just like you do a gift, man. If I was to give you a gift, what would you do? Take it. How do you receive Christ? You take him. You believe, he says, to those who believe in his name. Not like believe there was a dude that was named Jesus a couple thousand years ago. That's not what that means. What it means is this, that you believe that he came and lived that perfect sinless life and that he went to the cross to pay for your sins because you're weak and sinful and that he paid for your sins at the cross, the death, burial, and resurrection to satisfy the justice of God. And because he loves you, he freely offers you that salvation. That's what it means to believe in the name of Jesus. But it's really that simple to receive and believe on Christ. Who are the children of God? Those who receive him and those who have believed on his name. And it's the gift of God. You can't earn it. You can't make this happen on your own. And when we do that, all the filth, all the junk, all the sin, all the times we've lied to ourselves, I'll do better. I'll do better. All that's forgiven when you trust Christ. But you got to trust him. And what you have to do to trust him. Remember we said, I am weak and he is strong. You come to Christ and you say, I'm weak. I'm a sinner. But you are strong, perfect, righteous, and holy. And you can be forgiven. Do you know that forgiveness? Or are you just still hoping that you can just do good enough that God will be happy with you? It'll never happen. Let's pray one more time. Every head bowed, every eye closed. No looking around. Be respectful of those around you. There are those of you God's been working in your life for some time. Today is the day to surrender. To say, Jesus, be enough. Be enough. Where I'm not enough, Christ, you be enough. Where I sinned, you be my righteousness. Save me. Change me. Make me new. Listen, this morning, you don't need to put your faith in church. Put your faith in baptism. Don't put your faith in me. Put your faith in Christ. The perfect Savior. He loves you. Trust him and him alone. And you'll truly become a child of God. Listen, every head bowed, every eye closed. No one's looking. Is that your prayer this morning right now? You simply want to pray, save me, Jesus. I'm weak. I'm a sinner. I want you to save me. Is that your prayer? Listen, nobody's looking. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I just want to pray with you. I won't call you out. I won't drag you forward. You know that. But I just want to pray with you. So if that's your prayer this morning, Jesus, save me. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Will you slip your hand up for just a second? God bless you. I see you. God bless you. I see you. Who else? God bless you. Listen, why don't you just pray this prayer? It's not this prayer. It's not some formula. But it's you humbling yourself before God and admitting that you're weak. And say, Father God, I'm a sinner. I sin. Lord, I repent. I turn from my sin. And I'm turning to Jesus. Save me, Jesus. Jesus, where I'm weak, you be strong. Tell him, say, Lord, I'm putting my faith in your death, burial, and resurrection. All of me, I surrender to all of you. Just tell him. Use your words. Save me, Jesus. The Bible is clear. It says anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If you just prayed that prayer, you're sincere and did business with God, he just saved you. He just redeemed you. You've been forgiven of all your sins. I want to encourage you to make that decision public. Maybe you prayed that prayer in a different service and you've never made that decision public. You need to do that. Maybe you need to follow through in believer's baptism. The first thing that our good God does after he saves us is uh, call us to baptism. 